705 on CJAD. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. How are you, Josh? Excellent. Thank you, Dan. Great. And uh, we're talking Italian food tonight. Uh, pasta making the news a lot in the last couple of weeks. So we're going to talk to John Kiris, who is the owner of Angelo's Restaurant. Welcome, John. Welcome. And, you know, what better than to have a Greek type, Greek gentleman talk about an Italian restaurant and, of course, his absolute passion. So, John, even though it's probably really self-explanatory, just perhaps you can you can let the listeners know what exactly is Angelo's Restaurant, where you clo- where are you located, and really what fare that you serve them. Well, we're located on Crescent Street in the heart of downtown. Um, Angelo's been there since um, the early 70s. It was called Angelo Cacciatore, and uh, we serve Italian food, being Greek, of course, that's... Uh, it's a love of food, so it doesn't matter what. Absolutely, absolutely. But I do love Italian cuisine, and I enjoy it all my life. And uh, basically, we serve the clients great food, lots of fun. We have entertainment. We have uh, music that goes on. Uh, we start with a little dinner music while you're eating. And then around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, we raise the volume, and everybody starts to dance. Sounds like a plan. Now, how did you get started in this business? Did you have a background always in food? I did. I started in the supermarket industry. I um, started working for my dad as a young man, and I moved on as my uh, self-employed, and um, and then fell in love with the restaurant industry. I enjoyed it. I always wanted to own a restaurant, and when the opportunity came up to own Angelo's, well, I jumped right in. Any restaurants before Angelo's? Uh, yes, Little Caesars. We started Little Caesars with a few partners, um, my, friend, my good friend of mine, Steve, and uh, a few hockey players. We were involved in uh, Little Caesars. We brought the franchise to Quebec, and we opened seven stores. So that was my getting my feet wet in that industry. Was there really a, a kind of a, you know, because the restaurant industry is not an easy one. I mean, there's a number of restaurants, certainly, that, you know, first of all, in Montreal, we're blessed to have a lot of great restaurants. But the reality is there's only so many that can survive, and there's so many that, that fail. But there are those special few that do survive and that do flourish and that do do well. Uh, what did you learn from the the Little Caesars days that kind of helped you take some of that that pearl those pearls of wisdom and inform- and and details of running the Angelo's restaurant? Well, what we learned was the Little Caesars was a stickler for quality, and um, I, I myself have been stickler for quality ever since I owned the supermarkets. It's been quality, 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 and I've always told that to my staff, to my employees. It's you have to basically have, find the best quality that's out there and serve that to your clients. Mrs. or Mr. Consumer, they're not, they're not ignorant. They know what's going on in there. Um, so for me, it's just quality, quality, quality. Always the best quality. Easy to find in Montreal? Absolutely. I don't think it's difficult to find best quality. You just have to look for it. You have to know where to go, like I do. And uh, basically, it's not that difficult. Montreal's known for, for being a very big foodie city. You have a lot of competition, especially a lot of great Italian restaurants. How do you guys stay uh, on top of your game and stay uh, competitive in a, in a very competitive marketplace? It's difficult, Dan. Um, it's not easy. But uh, what we do is we, again, uh, you know, we strive for quality. We make sure the customer's happy, make sure she's, she's had a pleasant experience, service, my staff, we're on top of the tables. Uh, basically, we try to give them a, 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 a complete package. Now, suppliers, you know, we're talking about the quality of the food. When did, when did you open Angelo's? I opened Angelo's in the, the early 2007. Um Again, you know, we use we try to use the same supplier since then. Um, it's based on quality. And when my supplier starts to diminish in quality, I change them immediately. 
It happens, not often. I haven't changed many suppliers. But uh, basically for me, it's the number one reason why I deal deal with someone is because the quality is there. Now, as a restaurateur, there's no doubt that this is a 24-7 game. I mean, you are, I presume that you are involved from beginning to end of this process. Absolutely. Hands-on everywhere. Hands-on with suppliers, hands-on with chef, hands-on with meals. Absolutely. I'm involved in every aspect of my business. Um, for me, I start with the kitchen. I have great staff there. I have uh, two chefs, Marco Maike and uh, Bartolo Sarno. They're great chefs. They've been with me for many years. Uh, we make sure we, we, we discuss our menu. We discuss what's in our tableau d'eau the following week. Uh, we look at what happened the week before. Uh, and, and then from there, we have great staff on the floor. It starts with Carlos. Um, he's my manager. Then I have my, uh, my crew, which is uh, Tanya, Caroline, and they're great people. And Mariko, of course. And, and I'm sure they're great because restaurant, you know, the, re, the reality is it's all behind. It's all about service. It's all about having the great team that's, that comes around you. Was it difficult to find your team? And how did, like, what's your style of management? My style is hands-on. I, I, I run my business. We're all, we're all part of the same team. There's no big boss in that restaurant. We're all part of the same team. Our, our goal is to give a client the best experience it can have at a restaurant. And I always tell that to my staff and staff meetings that we have. It's, it's basically when the, when the customer comes through the front door, first of all, I feel like she's walked into my home rather than my restaurant. We greet her that way. We sit them down. And we try to be on top of the tables, make sure they're happy with their experience. That's why they, 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 they leave and give good gratuities to my, to my staff. Because they're happy, and basically that's what you're trying to give a great experience to a client. Now, do you get input from your team? I mean, do they volunteer information? Do you? You mentioned meeting with them. Is that something formal? Do you make sure you do that on a daily, weekly basis? How important is that? We try to do it uh, bi-weekly. Uh, we meet with staff. We discuss what's going on, um, issues that we've had in the restaurant, uh, menu items that have worked, not worked, um, you know, service techniques, and of course, how to get better in the business. Any any things that have kind of been disastrous that you kind of look back and say, you know what, I better not serve that again, or we better kind of take a, a different route in, in any in any particular tableau d'hote or, or way we serve the, the individuals? No, not really, you know. Um, Josh, I, I haven't had that experience yet, but you never know, right? <laughs> no, you hope not. Listen, I hope not, yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, a happy customer. Of course. What's your favorite dish that you make? My favorite dish is, um, there's two of them actually. There's one called the Milanese, uh, the Vio Milanese, which is served with an arugula salad on top, um, shavings of Parmesan cheese. I find that absolutely delicious. My other one is a classic. It's the Picata Limon with, uh, served with a fettuccine alfredo, creamy sauce on the side. And those are two my, two my favorite. Do you get involved with the chef? Do you push him in a certain direction or do you leave that creativity to your people? I leave that to them. You know, the chefs are a particular people. Um, you know, it's tough working in the kitchen. You know, they deal with a lot of heat, a lot of pressure. You know, you have to understand when the client comes in and they ask for a plate, for instance, the picata limon with the fettuccine and fettuccine on the side, you're using two pans. So now you're talking about a chef that has to deal with two pans for one client. Imagine a table of six. You're talking about 12 pans to serve for, for six clients. So there's a lot of focus, a lot of tension. So, you know, I leave them out there. I came the distance. And everybody got, gets used to, I guess, you know, running a restaurant, you know, as, as a consumer, you have to say, okay, there's, there's 20 people, 50 people, 80 people in a restaurant. You got to make sure things are running smoothly. Is that part of your job as well Absolutely. to oversee and make sure things are running smoothly? Absolutely. That, that's, part of the, that's part of the equation. Um, we have to. We have to serve them right. The clients are not there. They, they don't want to wait. 
you know, if you, if if there's issues on the floor, I have to not be attentive, be on top of them at all times, and make sure we address all situations. Not that many arise, but do sometimes, and um, that's my job. And you find, and really, that's I mean, as restaurateurs, any business, you know, certainly entrepreneurs have to have that bird's eye view, make sure everything is really working smoothly. When you walk into your business. Can you take that quick look and see what's working and what's not working? Absolutely. That comes with experience. That comes with age. Um, you walk in, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. And especially when you come from the outside and you walk inside, the, f- the first few minutes are, are vital because that's when my mind is fresh. Uh, there's, there's no tunnel vision at that moment. It's fresh. I come from the outside. I look at the business. I know what's right, what's wrong, lighting and all that. So I, I look at every aspect of that. Uh, is, is there a certain kind of checklist you go through or is it really just it, innate? It's, it's, it's within you at this point. Josh, it's in your mind. It's just, you know, it's, you know what to do. You know, as an entrepreneur, what you do when you walk in, you know what to look for, you know, it just comes natural. It's just, it's hard to explain, but it's natural. Certainly the passion you're expressing is huge and, and you're on Crescent Street, which is an interesting aspect altogether that we're, we're going to come to soon. Right. Location, location, location. We'll talk about that uh, next on today's Entrepreneur with our guest, John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurant. 719 on CJD, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. This is today's Entrepreneur, Dan Delmar and Josh Miller of Fullerlando with you and our guest, John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurant. Uh, You've probably seen it on Crescent Street. And uh, restaurant business, obviously, uh, very interesting, very, uh, you know, energetic. Like John, he's full of energy. And uh, John, I want to know if... Re- the restaurant kitchen, if the business is as crazy as it sounds like, as it looks like when you see it on shows like Kitchen Nightmares or something like that, is is it really that intense when you get, go, get behind the scenes? It is intense. I mean, I, I, Kitchen Nightmares, I think, is a little extreme. Uh, I don't see myself or anybody throwing pots and pans in my kitchen. <laughs> but it is intense. It is intense, especially when the, uh, the peak of the rush hour, uh, the, the orders are coming in, uh, the chefs have to coordinate. Uh, it, it, gets intense. It, gets, it gets hot in the kitchen. But definitely no pans or pots or anything. No food's throwing around, that's for sure not. And there's got to be, I mean, let, let, let's switch to location, location, location. You are you are in Crescent. You're a little bit uh, north of Bernilovac. First of all, why that location to begin with? Um, location was, well, I owned the building. So I owned the building from the uh, late 80s to a few years back. So basically, because I owned the building, uh, I'm glad I did because it happened to be on Crescent, so... It turned out to be a great location for me, but uh, basically it was because I own the building. Now, Crescent Street, in and of itself, I mean, tell us a little bit about your business, your ability to attract people, the other competition. Tell us a little bit about your Crescent Street experience, what works, what hasn't, and what have been the challenges? Well, the challenges we face, Josh, besides the riots that we've been seeing in the media, and we won't talk about that because that's a little sensitive issue between myself and my son that goes to Concordia. <laughs> I won't talk about that. But the other challenges we're facing right now is there's no parking spots. The government, uh, and I do agree with the government that the parking lots are ugly and they should be transformed, but they're not thinking about the entrepreneur that's on the side streets. We're not looking, they're not looking to, to add more parking spots. They're taking away parking spots. They're taking away parking spots by allowing condos to be erected on empty lands, they're taking away parking spots by having the Bixie bike stands put up in April, they're taking away parking spots by by authorizing ter- uh, street level terraces, 
So we're losing a lot of parking spots downtown, and, and that's affected our business, absolutely. Now, any other uh, laws or, or you know anything put into effect, whether it's uh, government? I mean, the government insisted on cash registers. Does that work for you or works against I, you? I, I, I believe in that. I, I'm glad that the government did that. Um, coming from Little Caesars um, and myself opening in the business in, 80, in 2007, um, I, I believe we're all on the same playing field now with those boxes. It, it was hard, Josh, to manage a business where I had to pay uh, my uh, dishwasher $10, $12 an hour, and my competitor was paying $5 under the table. That, that, that was really hard. That was a challenge in itself. So uh, having the boxes installed in, our, in the restaurants put us all in the same playing field. So the good entrepreneur, the good restaurateur that's on top of his business, that watches labor charts and looks at labor will succeed, and the one that was sloppy will. He'll... Now let's talk control. Let's talk a little bit about making sure your food costs are right and your, the amount of labor you have on the floor is right. Is that something that you're constantly monitoring? Absolutely, every week. We sit down with my bookkeeper, we look at the, my, my labor charts, we look at my costs, I sit down with my manager, Carlos. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of pressure and you know, you watch your labor, cut corners, you know, bring in staff a little later, cut them earlier. I mean, this is survival. Survival of the fittest, basically, and that's what the industry is all about right now. There's, there's no, there's no fat in this industry, um, so it's just survival. And uh, and I think Dan, that's that's you know, you hear it almost any business, but certainly restaurant business. If you don't make sure your costs are good, because the bottom line is sometimes not so strong, you better make sure that you're not just giving it away, just leaving that that fat on the floor, so to speak notwithstanding our respective statures. You can't see that it's on radio, but that, that's a whole other story. Speak for yourselves, guys. <laughs> that's very true. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about keeping that customer there, notwithstanding the, you know, the cost control. It's what's the marketing? What are we keeping? What, are, what the effort that's going into attracting people to this restaurant versus a lot of competition around? John Kiris, our guest on Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD 800. Our guest tonight is John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurants on Today's Entrepreneur. And uh, Josh, we're talking about uh, owning, uh, going into the restaurant business in Montreal, certainly very competitive, which means that uh, there's uh, an increased importance on marketing your restaurant and standing out from the crowd. And certainly, I mean, cutthroat business restaurants, I mean, in the in the neighborhood, A, there's certainly a number of Italian restaurants, but it's certainly a number of great restaurants as we're blessed with in the city. So I kind of turn to John and, and say, you know, when you first started out, not necessarily today, but when you first started out, how did you get people to come through the door? Meet and greet. I met every single client that walked through my front door. I, I greeted them like as if they were walking, to, uh, walking in my home. Uh, I made sure they were happy. I made sure the experience were, was perfect. Um, basically just walk the talk. Like talk the walk. Did you find you had to give away a lot of things at the beginning? Um, I, I gave away, you know, and not, not in terms of free, but I did discount a lot of my products and I wanted everybody to try. For instance, I had a AAA Angus Filimino that I started with in, in 2008 that I was giving away for $19. It, it was almost costing me that, but I wanted my client to try it because it was the best Filimino in the city and I still have it on my menu now. It's a little bit higher, not much. We're retailing it at $29, but still, I mean, it's, you know, I wanted my clients to try because it, it is the best Filimino they will eat. So what works for you in getting the name out? I mean, are you, do you use anything online? Are you social media? What works for you from an active marketing aspect? I, we've done, we've done TravelZoo and Team Buy in terms of social media. Uh, both have worked well. Uh, TravelZoo was exceptional. I enjoyed TravelZoo a lot. They did really well for me. Um, 
my experience with team buy wasn't that, that what is travel zoo exactly like what worked it's for a you discount coupon it's travel zoo is basically you discount your product you allow your client to come into your store um try your try the experience at angelo's and then uh, if they like it and you hope to do they'll come back now what about reservation systems you know online reservation systems uh we see many restaurants uh in in the city of montreal and certainly throughout north america use some online reservation systems do you find that that works for you or have you tried that that path josh i haven't and to be honest with you we talked about costs and there's a cost to use that online service and i'm not ready to to um transfer the cost to my clients because anything that that i pay i have to transfer. somebody has to pay for it right so you know, if there's a cost to using that service, well, eventually my, the consumer is going to pay for it. And right now, we're in, we're in the middle of a recession. I don't think the consumer is ready to pay a few dollars more to have that service. So word of mouth is is huge. Absolutely. And you and as long as your customer is happy, that is what you're really trying to push. As long as she's had a great experience at Angelo's. And like I said earlier, Angelo's starts with uh, we meet and greet you at the door. Uh, then we, we, you know, it's great food, great prices. The prices are right. What about entertainment? Absolutely. We have uh, music. Um, you know, they, they listen to some dinner music while they're eating. And then around 9, 30, 10, we follow the crowd. We make sure they're happy. We make sure they're finished eating. And then we raise the volume. And we basically have the client uh, get up and dance. And it's, it's a one-stop shop. Was that a planned aspect of your business? Did you say, you know what, how do I get people to stay a little longer? I'm going to bring music. What happened with that? Uh, I wish I could tell you that it was planned, but it did happen not by mistake, but by luck. And of course, in business, as you know, Josh, you need luck. Yeah, so luck is part of a, a successful business. Basically, I had a gentleman walk in and ask me if he would, uh, if I'd mind if he started playing piano, live music. I agreed. We started live music and then became an evolution. The same went from live music. Then we went to, to DJ, dancing. It was an evolution. And, and, you know, it's funny you say a little bit of luck. Uh, Dan, we've heard many stories on this show. And we talk about a lot of planning and a lot of, you know, forethought and everything. But what does come out from many times is, is actual luck, is being at the right place at the right time. And in this case, as John is saying, to keep his customers happy and to keep them a little bit longer in his location, which means they spend a little more, which isn't a bad thing. You know, the, this or drink extra, a little bit more or drink a little bit more. And we'll come to that social responsibility a little bit Absolutely. after. It's a little bit about luck, too. So when we come back, it's, it's going to be a little bit about social responsibility, but the recession in the restaurant business. Let's see how that and cash flow affects uh, John and Angelo's as well. Today's Entrepreneur with our guest John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurant. 7.35 on CJAD. Today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar here along with uh, Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, of course, and our guest is John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurant, and we're talking the food business, Josh. And I can't help but think you're at a restaurant, you were talking about making sure your customer has the best possible evening and service and experience. But you are certainly, you are certainly, you're a restaurant owner, there's a part bar, there must be a level of social responsibility. What happens, what, what obligation do you feel you take it upon yourself if you have a patron that starts to go a little overboard? Well, first of all, Josh, uh, my size and my height... They don't react. This is radio. Yeah. We can't see. Oh, sorry, it's all good though. But basically, I don't serve them. If they're intoxicated, I will stop serving them alcohol. I will um, ask them to drink some water. I offer them coffee free on the house. 
Uh, I definitely do not serve someone who's intoxicated. I definitely, and I ask them not to drive. I've actually taken away keys from a customer that was a female customer a few weeks back that was intoxicated, and she was insisting on driving. I grabbed her keys, and I, um, and she kept insisting that I would give her the keys back, and I told her, no, I will call the police, and if you want, I could give the keys to the police officer, but you're not driving the car. So basically, I find as an entrepreneur, you have to do that in the restaurant industry. You cannot allow people to get in the car and drive drunk. A certain responsibility that you're, you almost have to have. Absolutely. Absolutely in this industry. Crescent can get pretty wild at times. Uh, what are some of the, the craziest things that have happened in your restaurant over the years? Do we have like three hours? <laughs> <laughs> and you have to keep it clean. <laughs> oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> but um, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. Not in my restaurant, but I've seen a lot on the street. Uh, my neighbors have younger crowds. I concentrate on an older crowd. My music is catered to an older crowd. I tell customers 30 plus, but you know, I cater to an older crowd. The music's play. We play a lot of a lot of older oldies and goodies, uh, rock and roll, the disco. Was that a conscious decision going into it? You wanted to have a slightly older crowd. I mean, everybody is, of course, available to come in, and I, I've been there and I've seen a lot of age differences. But is that a conscious decision to say, hey, you know what? I'd rather not be all things to all people, but cater to that specific group well you need a niche so my niche there was uh, 40 plus being 51 i could relate to someone that's, that is in their 40s or 50s um i enjoy i enjoy growing up enjoy disco music which my kids of course uh, don't agree but uh, i love that kind of music <laughs> and that's what we play at angelos we play a lot of disco a lot of old rock soft rock um some 80s some 90s when you when you first started into this in 2007 and you wanted to open up your own place or take over the angelos how much of it was a plan going in versus a, this is my passion, I got to do it, it doesn't matter what it takes, uh, I'm just going to jump in, heels, head, feet first. It was or, passion. Or did you re say, you know what, okay, well, I know I have to achieve this amount of sales and I got to hire this number of people. And, uh, you know, how much was a really plan versus a, a gut feel? Well, it first started with passion. It was strictly passion. I, I love the restaurant industry. Uh, I, I will do this to the end, uh, to the end of my career. I don't see myself changing. Um, it was passion. Of course, th that's the first year. And the second year, that's when the CA kicks in. It's like, well, we have to look at some numbers. You know, securities, you're not doing, uh, we have to do this, we have to achieve that. And that's when you look at cost. But definitely, when I got into it, it was strictly passion. Would you want your children to follow in your footsteps? I tell my children what I tell anyone else that asks me the same question. I tell them, follow your dreams. You know, build it and it will come. And, and basically, it's, it's what you want. What, what's in you? What do you want to do in life? And when you when you follow your dream, you'll always be successful. And it's not monetary that you we're talking, but it's just how you feel in you. That's that's for me success. Now you mentioned just before, you know, the the CA that walked in the picture, and you look at the numbers, and reality does have to kick in uh, at some point, perhaps earlier rather than later. Do you do you rely on outside advisors? Do you you know with, whether it's accountant or lawyer or co entrepreneurs, buddies, whatever? Like, do you bounce ideas off of other people, or is it within your own team, your family? Well, no, we do bounce. Uh, I do have uh, CAs that are involved in my business and lawyers, and and you, again, you build your team. The better you build your team, the better your structure, and it's more solid. So definitely. My team, we get involved, they look at my numbers, we discuss it, you know, they guide me. Because being an entrepreneur, my job is to serve the client. But if you look at numbers, hmm, then we, we, we depend on my, on my CA. Did you have a mentor or somebody that you looked up to when you were kind of in business? My mentor? Yeah. Um, uh, Donald Trump would be my mentor. 
that's a guy I look up to because, uh, you know, he's a gentleman that's uh, that's failed and succeeded and failed and succeeded, and he's he, he keeps on going and he comes back and he's better, bigger, stronger, and that for me is uh, a sign of success. Well, you, you certainly have better hair than he does, so <laughs> <laughs> at the very least you, st you started on the right foot there. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> now, what about financing? I mean, th this is a business that... I would, I would, I think, certainly given the climate in Montreal, has its ups and downs throughout the year. Is there, do you have, you have to actively manage cash flow throughout the 12 months? It's difficult. It's one thing that I've learned in this business. It's, uh, it's something you have to be aware of all the time. There's ups and downs. There's, there's peaks and valleys. Uh, there's months that you have enormous amount of cash flow coming into your bank, and then there's months and weeks. There's just, it's just dry. The wheel's dry. That was the hardest part of this, getting when I got involved in this business, just learning how to manage my cash, and and I'm still learning. Still got those ups and downs. And you you deal with financiers or you deal with bankers? Absolutely, deal with the bank. And do you do you keep them in the loop? Do you stay do you, do you stay open with them? You have to, you have to, yeah, I have to talk to your bank. I mean, they're basically your partners too in the business, so. They have to be aware of what's going on, and there's when it's dry, and you lengthen what's going on, and you give them uh, projections, cash flow projections. They're okay with that. Recession? Did the recession hurt you in any way? I felt a dip. I felt a dip in 2008, 2009, hence why I closed the restaurant for lunches. Uh, I just recently reopened in, uh, in early oh, mid-2012. I reopened for lunch. But from 2009, 2012, I closed it. I felt that I felt the... Uh, the, the 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 expense accounts for my clients were cut, and I felt that in, at uh, my restaurant. So conscious decision—that's really where. So you do monitor your business. I mean, and you you tweak it along the way. Oh, you have to, you have to monitor and tweak. It's part of uh, part of being the owner, part of being the boss. And uh, if you don't, well, then failure is just around the corner. <laughs> now you're part of this community as as entrepreneurs in Montreal are. What about community give back? Then you must have. How important is that to you? I, I find it's important. Uh, there's, uh, there's. Um, I, I mean, I, I enjoy doing uh, charity um, dinners, and I've done a few of them, and um, I will continue doing them. There's one close to my heart right now, which is uh, autistic for autistic children. I have a young daughter's autistic, so uh, we're, we're we're working with my wife to uh, to to serve uh, to have a dinner that I will give everything. I'll like, give the food, the drinks, and everything, and uh, to try to get some money for the foundation. No, and that, and that's huge. And entrepreneurs certainly they want to give back. It's not just a marketing thing. You really got to want to do it. No, I, that, that's important. Absolutely. I want to do it. It's for my heart. It's not. I mean, I do want to give back to the community, and I find that's important. But this, there's certain things that are close to me. So, as you as you look back in in the in the six seven years, is there anything that you would have done a little bit differently? Is there anything that you would have either done sooner or later or a fork in the road or, or something that you said, you know what, well, if I had the knowledge back then that I did that I do today, what would it be? Um, I would introduce music early on in my in the restaurant. I, I find that's part of my success. Um, I, I think good food is great. Uh, I think Mrs. Consumer could come to my, will come to my restaurant because of good food, but I, I find the entertainment part of it is important. It's pivotal in my success and I wish I'd done that from the day one, and that's it. I mean, everything else I'm pretty happy with. And I, and I think the, the last question, just before we get to, to, to the end of this part of the segment, is 
restauranters. I mean, people look at restauranters. It's a 24-7 job. I mean, you are there. You are living it. You're breathing it. You are sleeping it. It really forms part of you. There must be certain sacrifices that you've made. And, and obviously we're on radio. Nobody can see this, but John's wife is sitting in the studio, <laughs> ever so silent, uh, but gives John a look every now and then. So it, uh, sacrifices, certain things that... that little pearl of wisdom that you can give us in the, in the, just in a few seconds before we wrap up? Um, again, you know, um, having an understanding wife at home is pivotal for me. Um, my children are older. Um, they go to school. They're on their way. They're on their path to uh, their own life. That makes it a lot easier. If I had younger children or a younger wife or just started off my life, I would have found that a lot more difficult. Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD, our guest John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurant at 749 on Today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fulolando's Josh Miller here. Our guest this evening, John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurant on Crescent, and we bring into the conversation uh, Stephanie Darwish, uh, responsible for marketing and at uh, Fulolando, and we're going to talk, of course, the marketing re of restaurants like John's. And, and I think, you know, certainly with restaurants, there's a lot of social media that you know, restaurants try to use, they try to get online, they try to drive a lot of users, but there are certainly areas when you're setting up your, your online page and your online uh, status and, and all the information and the content that definitely there's challenges out there. So I turn to Stephanie and say, Stephanie, yes. as she sits right next to me, <laughs> what would be some, some challenges or some pearls of wisdom as entrepreneurs are building their social media profile and websites? Um. I guess this topic changed a bit for me because Facebook announced now two weeks ago about that they're changing once again the way their newsfeed and timeline appears, and their changes this time have a lot of a giant effect on uh, brands' Facebook pages or any publisher of a page actually, because the newsfeed now, if it hasn't happened to your Facebook already, it will soon, is uh, there's subfeeds now, so you'll have a feed for all friends, a feed for posts about music, a feed about posts for photos. So if you're a brand and you have a page, suddenly not all your followers are seeing every post every time if they've decided or opted in to look at only the friends feed. They may have now only see your post if they go to the feed called following. Does this does this change the the effort and and time it takes to maintain such a site? I think it requires I think it's well, twofold. One, um I think Facebook by doing this is looking for brands to pay more for their content because if I eventually if I want to be in someone's music feed if I'm in a music industry say uh, I could pay to be in someone's music feed in their in their main news section so it requires a little bit and then my ad has to be customized but if they're obviously looking at a music feed I, I don't want to talk about uh, computers so it's requiring maybe the marketer to be a little bit more aware of where their message is being delivered and it'll of course now start costing a bit of money because typically the you know one of the advantages that entrepreneurs uh the the really plus of the pro is that they've been cost efficient the bang for the buck is there they don't really have to spend a lot of money do you see that changing um in two ways in the subfeed uh feature and now facebook is also kind of reducing the in that right hand column you have uh, little ads they're reducing that space there and that was always i think a, a really cost efficient way for someone to advertise on facebook without spending a lot of money but with that being reduced and not as visible the person who wasn't looking to spend so much money on their facebook ads will now have to look more towards the main feed ads which of course are more expensive 
And, you know, I kind of, I look at John and, and I'm not that I'm getting a blank stare, but you know, he's in this, he's in this people business. So to, to, to force and to have a lot of creativity online, you know, I, I guess is a little bit foreign, right? I mean, you want to connect with the people face to face. That's how you really market, right? That's our, that's our goal. But all this Facebook, I mean, I'm an older generation. So for us, this is all new and we're, I'm still learning. And your children don't push you to have your business on Facebook or LinkedIn? Or? Um, they actually laugh at me. <laughs> for them, it's just natural. So for the next generation coming through, I absolutely agree with Facebook and all. And in a second, we're going to get uh, John Curis's uh, one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. 7.55 on today's entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and Josh Miller of Fuller Landau, and our guest tonight, John Curis of Angelo's Restaurant on Crescent, and Stephanie Darwish of Fuller Landau talking about marketing, Josh. And I think, you know, Stephanie is sitting next to me, and she's bursting with a few tips that she just wants to offer our, uh, our listeners and, you know, how to how to deal with the challenges of our of their online programs um yes especially with the new newsfeed coming out and i was thinking about john and angelos and i think the visual while already important on facebook is becoming even more important photos are going to be even bigger than they were um so i think of a restaurant and it's such a visual industry i mean we look at our food all the time and people seem to love to take photos of food now so it's such an easy way to get content up is just posting food of your dishes and people eating and all the... Da I've been to Angela's and it's such a great time. There's people dancing all night and I just see a lot of potential for restaurants. You know, with the new site like Pinterest that is really a visual site, is that something that is specific for industries you find? I think, yes, very specific for industries. I don't think in our industry, maybe professional services and accounting pinterest works as well, well no, as... you don't want to see a picture of your accountant you really couldn't give a well, hoot if they're handsome like you maybe um but pinterest would work great for a restaurant because they're handsome like john you don't want to show like a picture john. of him <laughs> exactly. he's got good hair better than donald trump <laughs> so i guess yeah the industry different mediums i mean everybody can use everything and it just depends on how well your plan is and how structured you are because even though it is free and it is easy to use i still believe in a plan well that's a good question is it really easy to use i mean you you, you know you've you've been using facebook and linkedin and twitter these various social sites is it easy to administer i think so because i do it for a living but maybe not someone who isn't as familiar or involved with the internet as i am like perhaps john would look at it and to create a custom tab on his Facebook page would just be forget it. I don't want to do it. But any tips you can offer that might facilitate or or that works well in in some of these areas? Um, I my philosophy in life is when I don't know how to do something, I just Google it because someone somewhere knows how to do it, and there's a video tutorial or a written tutorial. So I often don't know how to do anything when I started out, and then I just search it and learn it very easily and quickly because a lot of people know what they're doing and for retail locations for entrepreneurs that are really true retailers are there certain social media sites that might work better that are fairly easy to use that that certainly could drive business to their location uh well i think we were talking during the break about foursquare which integrates with facebook and with twitter uh and Foursquare is, you just check into a location, and it's like, Stephanie is at Angelo's. And if I check in enough, I'm the mayor, and then my friends can check in, and I'm with Dan Delmar at Angelo's. So obviously there are specific social media tools for specific industries, and it takes probably 30 minutes to set it up so that you can register that you're the owner of that business, 
And it just, I don't know, it makes it a little bit fun. I like interactivity. And it costs? Right now, zero. Exactly, which is the beauty behind it. Thank you very much, Stephanie. As we approach the end of the show, we're going to turn to John and ask uh, our most famous question. John, what one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur? Financing, Josh. Um, Most businesses fail within the first year because they're underfinanced. So I think the most important thing is have the right amount of money available to survive the first year, and then you're on your way. Excellent. Thank you. And Dan, my takeaway, I mean, there's been a number, and certainly in the restaurant business, there's no shortage of challenges between the human resources, between the financing, between making sure your quality of product is up there so that, because the worst thing that can happen, especially to a restaurant, is somebody walks out and says, the food wasn't good or I got sick from it. And that's really the thing I want to hang on to, and that's quality. Regardless what business you're in, every entrepreneur has got to stick to some aspect of quality because that's where his customer is going to continually come back. And that's where his customer could do the most damage to businesses, whether it's restaurant or otherwise, if the quality is poor. Because word of mouth is huge, and word of mouth is very strong, very powerful. Bad word of mouth is horrendous. So good word of mouth is great, and quality is the number one reason behind it. John Kiris of Angelo's Restaurant on Crescent, thanks for joining us tonight on Today's Entrepreneur. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Stephanie. And thank you, Josh. And thanks, Stephanie Darwish of Fuller Landau on Marketing. Josh, we're taking a two-week March break, so we'll be back uh, in Monday in two weeks. That's at 7 p.m. here on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.